like to read to you, uh, this story is, uh, the, the account is given in 1 Kings chapter 10 and 2 Chronicles chapter 9. 2 Chronicles chapter 9. I'll read 2 Chronicles chapter 9, maybe refer to 1 Kings chapter 10. When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem. She came with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all questions, and there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built and the meat at his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel, his cupbearers also, and his ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It is a true report which I have heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their words until I came and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, one half of the greatness of thy wisdom was not told me. For thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. There's a song that we occasionally sing, and the Verses that this song was written from was 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 7. I'll read the lines and then the chorus one time. Repeat the story o'er and o'er of grace so full and free. I love to hear it more and more since grace has rescued me. Of peace I only knew the name nor found my soul its rest. Until the sweet-voiced angel came to soothe my weary breast. My highest place is lying low at my Redeemer's feet. No real joy in life I know, but in His service sweet. And oh, what rapture will it be when all the host above to sing through all eternity the wonders of His love. The chorus, the half 
was never told. The half was never told. Of grace divine, of peace divine, of joy divine, of love divine, so wonderful, the half was never told. There are six things that the Queen of Sheba noted when that attention is brought to when she went to visit King Solomon. She had heard of the fame. She had heard reports. She had heard of the, the splendor of the house of the Lord that had been built. She had heard of maybe the, uh, the pleasant servings of those that served with King Solomon. She heard of all the grandeur and she heard of all the fame and all of the honor of the Lord. And so she, when she heard about it, she had some questions. And oftentimes when folks maybe hear about the gospel or hear about the church or maybe when they begin to hear about Jesus Christ, they begin to have some questions. The Ethiopian eunuch had some questions. And... The Apostle Paul and Peter were used of God to help answer some questions. Solomon was used to answer some questions with the Queen of Sheba. She was curious about what she heard. She heard a report and she said, that, that sounds too good to be true. You ever hear something and it just, it just exceeds your expectation? It's almost above what you would imagine or expect. And you almost have to say, I have to see that with my own eyes. I have to witness it. I have to experience it myself. She decided that she wanted to go and she wanted to pursue it herself to see if what she had heard, if the report that had come to her was correct. And she said that when she went, when she was there, when she viewed the house that was built, when she communed with Solomon, when she proved some hard questions to him, and when he answered those questions to above her satisfaction, when all of this came to life, she said it's far more wonderful than what I imagined. And she said, I conclude that in all that's been told me, even the half has not been told. Brother Chuck and I enjoy trying to encourage the Lord's people about the promises of the Lord, about Jesus Christ. We try to encourage the people about the Lord's church. We try to encourage the Lord's people about heaven, our eternal home. But when we've done all that we can do, Brother Chuck and I, even the half, has not been told. There's a whole lot more to tell. So, first of all, it says that she came to prove Solomon with some hard questions. And it says that she recognized that God had His hand on Solomon. And she recognized the wisdom that God had blessed Solomon with. 
Now, all of us would like to have more wisdom. If you feel like that you need some wisdom in raising your children, in knowing how to handle situations at work, in knowing how to make decisions in your own life, there's a place you can go, the same place that Solomon went, to get some wisdom. In fact, in James, we're taught this, and this is a, a good encouragement for us. It says, James chapter 1, But if any of you lack wisdom, anybody here lack wisdom? I know that I do. I wish I had more wisdom. I, I want to know, I want to know what God's will is for me. I'm concerned about what God's will is for you, but I'm concerned about what God's will is for me in my life and for you in your life. I'm concerned that we experience the joy and the fullness of our salvation that God has blessed us with. I look forward to heaven, our eternal home, and what a blessing that that is. But we need some help to get through this life right here and now. It's going to be a great blessing when we get to glory, but Lord may tarry and allow us to be here a little while longer, and while we're here, we need wisdom. And he says, if any of you lack wisdom, he says, first of all, the place you go is the same place that Solomon went, and the Queen of Sheba recognized this, she said, God is the one that gave Solomon wisdom. It says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, this is interesting right here. He says, let him ask of God that giveth to all men just barely enough. No, that's not what it says. He says that if you'll ask God for wisdom... He said, he's promised to give you wisdom liberally. What does that mean? Now, sometimes the term liberal is used in a negative sense, but, but I tell you right here, it's used in a very positive sense. That God will give you wisdom in abundance. It's basically saying what you're standing in need of, God will give you what you need and a little bit more. Now, that's a great blessing. We have that principle in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 where it says that He's the God of all comfort. He tells us right there that He comforts us in all of our trials and our afflictions and all of our burdens and all of our challenges. But He says that He gives us enough comfort whereby we can take the overage of comfort and then help somebody else. So God gives you enough comfort to get through the situation yourself and then He gives you enough comfort that you're able to take and use the abundance to help somebody else. That's how God gives you wisdom. He gives it liberally. And He says, have you ever asked God for wisdom before? Do you know He's not going to get upset with you for asking Him again? You may have asked him many times before. But here's what he says. He says, God giveth to all men liberally. And he says, and, it, and he upbraideth him not. God is not going to get upset with you for asking him for more wisdom. God wants you to come to him. God has all wisdom. 
one of the explanations of wisdom is taking what God has given you, the talents, the abilities, the insight, the understanding, the knowledge, and be able to think through that with the blessing and presence of God to be able to make the right decision. It is. I, I enjoyed the fellowship that we used to have with Elder Compton. Elder Compton lived to be 102 and a half years old. Elder Compton, faithful minister of the Lord, was married 76 years. And they, they were wonderful years. And he would talk about the blessing that his wife was to him and that uh, they were to each other. And he was full of so much wisdom. And I could have a problem that seemed like that it was insurmountable to me. I couldn't see a way out. I couldn't see a way through. I couldn't see a way around. And, and I, could, I could drive down to Washington, D.C. and pull up in his driveway and walk into the living room and, and begin to talk to Elder Compton. And a problem that seemed so big for me, he was able to put it in perspective. Because God had blessed him with a tremendous amount of wisdom. Brother Luke and Brother Mark remember and Sister Chrissy the times that we had with Elder Compton and what great blessings they were. Our life, Sister Grace as well, was different because of that. Because of the wisdom that God had blessed him with. I think of Brother Stamper. I think of those that God's put in our path at Mount Carmel that were such a blessing and full of godly wisdom. When the Queen of Sheba saw it, she said, the wisdom that I'm witnessing in Solomon, she said, that's not even the half of it. There's an abundance. The, the next thing that she recognized right here in uh, chapter 9, it says that she... Uh, proved him with questions. She talked to him. She recognized the house of the Lord. She recognized the house that the Lord had blessed Solomon to build. Now I think this is, it, it's referring to the temple of the Lord, the house of the Lord. And she recognized the, the beauty of the Lord's house. Now, she may have recognized some of the, the grandeur. There was gold and there was silver and there was a lot of ornate uh, things that were there. But I believe that it can also be referred to as what you find not only on the outside of the Lord's house, but what you find on the inside of the Lord's house. What you find on the inside of the Lord's house when you're on the outside looking in, you may not see what's on the inside. You may recognize a beautiful building that's well kept. You may recognize a historical marker that stands as a legacy of years gone by. But you've got to come inside to experience what's in the Lord's house. When you come into the Lord's house... You find the people. You find people that are just like you are. 
you find people that have the same problems, that have the same struggles, that have the same ambitions, the same desires that you have. You, have, you find the people that they're grieved and they're burdened with their own condition. They recognize without anybody telling them that they're great sinners but that they have a hope of having a great Savior. You find the people that it's interesting how that God does it, but you find the people that in the Lord's house that the Lord somehow knits their hearts together. You have a kindred spirit. We sing the song, Kindred in Christ for His dear sake. A hearty welcome. People of the living God, I've sought the world around. We find a people that have a kindred spirit. And the common denominator of that is not their trials and afflictions and burdens. But the common denominator is Jesus Christ. Oh Christ, He is the fountain. They all desire to be fed by Christ. They desire to worship Christ. You find a body of people that when they hear the, the doctrine of depravity that they recognize and they say, I can identify with that. I realize I'm a great sinner. But also realize that I have a, a great Savior. You find a people that when the gospel is proclaimed that their souls are fed. The gospel feeds people that have life. I grew up in West Texas and if you had a, if you had a, a yard that had green grass, you had to water it often. Uh, it didn't rain there. Rain was very... Uh, sparse, we rarely would get rain, and if you had a, a grass, uh, a yard that had green grass, you had to water it. But I'll never forget that there were times that that it looked like if you went on a vacation or you were gone for a while, that it looked like that the grass was dead. I mean, the grass was brown, like it would be here in the dead of winter. It looked like there was absolutely no life at all. And then maybe the Lord would send a gentle rain or maybe you'd set the sprinkler and go back even in a short time, a few hours, and you'd begin to see a greenish tint come to that old brown grass. And in a very short period of time, the yard was once again green. The water did not give life. The grass was alive. It looked like it was dead. But it was a lie. The water did not give life to the grass. It appeared that it did. But the grass had life there. And that's the same way it is with the child of God. That if the Lord has a child that is hungering for the things of God, when the gospel is proclaimed, the gospel does not give life. But the gospel encourages that life and feeds that life that God has given. 
God is the one that gives spiritual life. Just like he blesses with natural life, God blesses with spiritual life. And for those that are hungering and thirsting after the things of God, the wonderful sound of the gospel of Jesus Christ nourishes our souls and causes us to experience the fullness of the life that God has given us. The gospel blesses our souls and feeds our souls. But we already have life. The wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built. The queen of Sheba said the half has not been told. It said that she observed the king's meat at the king's table. She observed the servants. Truly the meat is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what a blessing it is to be able to sit under the sound of the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And even though we may have heard about grace and mercy and compassion, how that it blesses our souls every time that we hear it. Some of these old songs we've sung hundreds of times, and no doubt they've been sung uh, probably thousands of times here at this location, and yet we sing them again, and our souls are made to rejoice. She recognized the provisions that were there. And she said, even the half has not been told. She recognized the servants. She recognized the ministers, those that were laboring there with Solomon. And something that she recognized about them that was special. She said, happy are you. Recently, we had our communion service at Mount Carmel. And in John chapter 13, it describes not only where we take the the bread and the wine, but it also comes down and it mentions the portion of service that we engage in, the feet washing portion of the service. And it just simply says, doesn't say happy are you if you know these things. He says, happy are you if you do them. There's a blessing that God gives you in doing what you know to do. Now we choose sometimes whether or not we're going to do it. But God says there's a blessing not in the knowing, but a blessing in the doing. I trust that if you had chosen not to come today, that... I trust that since you chose to come today, you've received a blessing. If you don't receive it from the preaching, I know you'll receive it from the song service. The song service was a great blessing, a wonderful blessing. I know you'll receive it from the sweet fellowship of the folks, a great blessing that it is. But he says there's a blessing in the doing of it. And these folks were about service. They were engaged in service. Did you know that that's one of the best ways for you to come out of a season of despair and discouragement and being depressed? Some folks, some folks specifically have great struggles with depression and, and it's real. But did you know that one of the ways that, that, that you can come out of being discouraged and in despair is to find somebody else that you can help. Find somebody else that you can minister to. I'm not 
generally prone to be depressed. I pray that God blesses me to overcome that, to work through it. And it's, it's rare that I am. But I remember a time that I got so discouraged and I, was, I just couldn't see anything good around. And, you know, when you get in that state, everything is bad. I mean, it's not that bad things come in threes, they're sixes or twelves. And everything you look at just seems to be bad. And I kind of found myself in that situation. And I remember... that I went to the nursing home in Haverty Grace, the Citizens Nursing Home. And I said, Lord, if there's somebody here that I can minister to, would you use me to encourage these poor folks? And I walked through the hall and I talked to some nurses and I met some of the residents that were there. Didn't even know some, any of them. And when I saw the challenges and the problems and the struggles that they had and that God had used me in a little small way to give them an encouraging word or a smile or read a verse of scripture. When I left, I wasn't discouraged anymore. I was thankful that God had used me in a small way to encourage somebody else. It says that she noticed that these servants and these ministers, they were acting. They were moving. They were ministering. They were laboring. And it says, and they were happy doing it. They weren't doing it grudgingly. But they were happy to do it. She noticed that. You know, something else she noticed. She noticed their attendance. Do you know that one of the uh, requirements that we're given in the scriptures in Matthew chapter 5 is to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he said, All other things will be added unto us, all the things that we stand in need of. But there's one thing that we're to seek first, and that's the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? It just simply means to make it a priority in our life. That we schedule our week around being in the house of the Lord to encourage the Lord's people. You're a great blessing and you're an encouragement to those that are around you. you you're a great encouragement. And she witnessed that. She said they're happy. They're happy serving. And she said, and they are there. There's, uh, there's one more point that I'd like to make she says that I believed not until I came and until my eyes had seen it she said behold the half was not told me I believe not and she says the wisdom the prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard says happy are thy men and thy servants which stand continually before thee that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighteth in thee, to set thee on the throne of Israel, the queen of Sheba, recognizing God's hand over Solomon. It says, because the Lord hath loved Israel forever. That's a long time, Corbin. 
your dad was not brought up like myself in an old Baptist setting. We were both brought up in a setting that we thought that we had to do something to help the Lord out. And when we each heard the doctrines of grace at separate times, at first with me it didn't really register. But your dad was saying that he was reading through this chapter and he had been talking to his father-in-law who was a, an old Baptist minister about the doctrines of grace. And he, he read through this chapter and he said he was trying to, trying to figure out this, this doctrine of the sovereignty of God. This doctrine of election and predestination. And, and he said it, it just didn't, didn't come together. And he said until he read through this verse... And it says, because the Lord loved Israel forever. He said, all of a sudden it clicked and it came to light that yes, God has a people, a chosen people from before the foundation of the world that he loved. Not because they were lovable, but because of his loving kindness that he sought them out. And that He loved them when they were not in a lovable state. And that He chose them and He redeemed them and He makes them alive and He quickens them. And He blesses them to experience the fullness of that spiritual life here on this earth. But then He doesn't stop there. When old age creeps in and when we have the effects of of a feeble body and a feeble mind and, and God has mercy upon us to take us on home to glory. He has promised that He's not going to leave us or forsake us at all. That those that He's redeemed, that Jesus Christ died for upon the cross of Calvary, He'll take them on home to glory to be with Him forever. The Lord loved Israel forever. What a blessing that is. Paul says it like this. He says, I'm in a strait betwixt two. That means he's got an inward struggle. Anybody ever had that? Paul said, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. That's what I really want to do. That's my desire, is to depart and be with Christ. Which he says is far better. The wisdom of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord's church, the blessing of His people, the blessing of the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ, the blessing of heaven itself, in all that we've heard preached, in all that we can read, in all that we can sing about, when we've done it all, it's like the Queen of Sheba said, the hat has not been told. May God bless you.